is Todd Erzin. I forgot to hit record. He is Aaron McIntyre. Are you serious? Yeah, we missed the first 30 seconds of the show. Sorry, guys. This has been... Anything going on today? Excellence. Yeah, I mean, this is what's this going on today? Just an important day. Anything, anything happening around here? Anything at all? I mean, I know it's, no, it's Valentine's Day, right? Okay, but I don't even know how we got this show on the air. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how we got this show on the air. So uh, today is a big day, a massive day on this show. One of the biggest we have ever had. Um, first and foremost, our brand new book, Rise of the Fourth Reich. Confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial, so this never happens again, is officially released today. We have been talking about this book for about a year now. Daniel and I began work on it about a year ago, and it's the most important book I've ever done, and I think it's very likely we'll ever do. Because when and if they do something like this to us again, this time they'll have their ducks in a row and they won't let people like me and Daniel do to them what we did to them this last time. Now, we don't want to let them do that to us again. And that's what this book is about. And uh, we have incredible endorsements from Glenn Beck, Jesse Kelly, Dr. Peter McCullough, Charlie Kirk. And the book is structured like a mock Nuremberg trial. We wrote it not just for you, but for you to give it to your mayors, your city councils, your governors, your state legislatures, uh, because they're the ones that imposed this tyranny upon us from on high with the edicts from the feds and they therefore have the power to make it so they can't impose it against us again and that's why this book was written it's laid out like a mock nuremberg trial with an opening and closing statement like in any other trial and witnesses that are all on the record nobody's anonymous with with testimonies that will absolutely wreck you to hear these and they are testimonies that america needs to hear And so we are launching this book nationwide today. You can get uh, a copy, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon. Uh, You can go to Barnes & Noble to store probably or do it online at barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. We are very close to what is the traditional threshold to be considered a New York Times bestseller. Um, We're cut just a couple of thousand away when you add in all the pre-sales that we had. So... We're going to hit that number. I'm pretty confident in that. What I'm not as confident in is whether the New York Times will choose to acknowledge that or not. They have a tendency when our people write these kinds of books to come up with uh, um, loopholes as to why they don't have to mention them. But here's where you can help, not just if you want to get a copy of the book. And I, I absolutely believe this book has life-changing content. Absolutely. But here's where you guys can help us. We are asking for your help in promoting Rise of the Fourth Reich. And the most clever and or impressive form of promotion on Twitter or Facebook using the hashtag Nuremberg 2. That's the hashtag Nuremberg 2. Between now and Friday, whatever is the best one, and my daughter Anna is going to select five finalists, send them to Daniel and I, and and we will pick the winner. Whoever has the best... Uh, promotion for the book, so no purchase is necessary. You just need to help us get the message out uh, of the book with the hashtag Nuremberg2. Must include the hashtag Nuremberg2 on Twitter or Facebook. And the winner 
Post Hill Press, our publisher, is going to pay for you to be my guest at the premiere for Nefarious, the film, later this spring. The winner will get an all-expense-paid trip to be my guest. Well, all-expense, like, you know, flight, lodging, etc. Um, will be my guest at the premiere for Nefarious later this spring. Location and date to be announced uh, any day now. All right, so that'll be later this spring, the promotion or the premiere for Nefarious. And if you've got the best promotion for Rise of the Fourth Reich at hashtag Nuremberg2, and it must be on Twitter or Facebook, then if you're the winner, you'll be my special guest for the premiere of Nefarious, the movie. And that's how you guys can help us to get the the, the story and the message of this book out. Uh, you can adopt a, a, a politician that you think needs to read a copy of this. The timing of the release here with state legislatures in session, a new Congress has taken over. Not coincidental. We timed it uh, in order to, to influence those legislative bodies and those policymakers for such a time as this. So I was um, supposed to do Glenn Beck's show this morning. Um, apparently, I forgot what my own phone number is. And so they kept trying to call me. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Well, because I'm an idiot and gave them the wrong phone number. I was driving down the street to come to the show. What I didn't touch a single button on my car. And the hazard lights on my truck came on and would not turn off no matter what I did. How many times I pushed the button? Nothing. No, there was no warning light. Everything ran fine. Nothing just wouldn't turn off, which of course made me look like an idiot driving down the street with hazards. On the other hand, everybody did clear the road. So, I mean, I got here pretty fast in record time. So I guess there's a positive to that. Uh, I jump on the Peloton for the workout this morning and I get text from Aaron and Anna. Hey, the power's out at the building. Originally it was just our own building. Correct? Originally. That's what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. Originally, the power went out in our own building. In the, uh, that's it. In all of the city of Des Moines, the power went out in our own building during the time Aaron's putting the montage and everything else together. We've been in this building since 2015. Aaron, I think you've been here with us in this building since 2016, right? No, 2015. Yeah, late 2015. So you were here when mm-hmm. we were... Okay. How many times has the power ever gone out on us in this building getting ready for the show? Non-duratio, I, I can't... I Maybe maybe once or twice. And we have no duratio. Yeah. In fact, we have unseasonably warm weather yeah. for this time of year happening. There, There's no explanation for why the power went out. Um... Then, when the power came back on, you had a technical malfunction that has occurred exactly how many times zero. since we've been in this studio? Yeah, zero times. Zero times. Never happened before. All right. And so power was out for over an hour, and then it comes back, and we're already behind. Then you have this technical malfunction that had never happened before. That took another 30 minutes, right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff that happens. When you are set to do what we are going to do in the second hour of today's show. It has been a long, strange trip (laughs) to get to this point. Uh, And I'll get into some of it next hour as well. What has gone on today um, to even bring you a show, to even get on the air? We still don't even have everything back up. I mean, we have screens that are out and everything else. Okay, I mean, it's it's 50 degrees on on Valentine's Day, guys. We had the windows open in Iowa over the weekend. There is no reason for this to be occurring, except really for one. And there has been these kinds of challenges and trials that have gone on for over two years to bring 
the movie and the story of what has happened to America and the movie to bring the movie nefarious to you. We did not intend for us to take two plus years making a 94 minute film. Um, It's just that's the Rubicon that we had to go through uh, when the devil doesn't want movies like this to be made and to be released. But in the next hour of the show, you are going to get an exclusive first look at the trailer for Nefarious. You will get an exclusive first look at the official poster of the movie Nefarious. This audience has a way of saying thank you for how many years and months you have put up with me now, kvetching about this film, teasing this film, then not delivering. It is only fair that you guys get first dibs here on the wedding night. You guys are, you are going to get the first, no one else in the world outside of just our own individual group has been privy to what you are about to see. You're going to see this stuff before it goes live globally, uh, which will be in the next 24 hours. Uh, Marketing for Nefarious. It's a 60-day blitz. Why is it 60 days? Because I can tell you officially, Nefarious will be released in theaters nationwide on April the 14th, 60 days from today. Two months. So Nefarious nationwide in theaters on April 14th. And if you're emailing me right now to say it's actually 57 days because there's 28 days in February, stop or I'll hurt you and get a life. Okay. You know what I mean? So the Blitz to bring the world Nefarious has officially begun and it'll begin with all of you as you get the first look at the trailer. In fact, this actually, the trailer is done, but it's not done done. It's missing a tag at the end. It's got uh, a little still of the uh, the editing graphics in it. But what you're going to see today will be 99% of what you'll be seeing in theaters nationwide here in the coming weeks. Uh, and you'll be seeing on social media and everything else. So we are going to devote the second hour of this program, most of it. Uh, well, actually, with the stuff that Anastasia usually brings us, That's pretty much shining a light on the demonic as well. All right, so we are going to shine a light in and upon the darkness in this second hour. You don't want to miss. I cannot wait to show you what we're about to show you. And you are going to play a very special role. This is why we're showing you first. The audience of this show and audiences of shows like this are going to play, we hope, a very special role in the potential impact that this film can have. And we'll get much more into that in the second hour of the program. So, of course, there's nothing going on today. There there is nothing that the enemy would want to keep you from knowing or watching or hearing about or seeing today at all, which is why we've had upteen problems all day long and it's not even noon here locally. So how did I end up Remember when I was reasonable, Todd? Remember Godwin's Law, how we used to strictly enforce that, okay? The idea that if two people argue long enough, they will eventually descend into calling the other a Nazi or or making a Nazi reference, right? I used to, like, strictly enforce that, okay? Like, that was, like, one of the rules in the show. You can't take the Lord's name in vain. That's, like, my number one rule. My number two rule is don't lie to the audience. Doesn't mean that I have to think what you're saying is true, but don't intentionally try to deceive my audience. And, like, the third law was Godwin's Law. And, I mean, I I would interrupt guests now we don't we're not doing nazi references i have a book out today 
with the ultimate Nazi reference, Rise of the Fourth Reich. How did this happen? What happened to me? What, what happened to the guy that used to get calls to give the conservative slant on things from the New York Times and MSNBC and CNN? And I don't get those calls very often anymore. What, what happened to me the past few years? Well, that is the subject of Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by why did Steve change on this very special Valentine's Day, especially considering all the events surrounding one Steve Dace? It's time to answer a burning question. Why did Steve change? It's a question a lot of people have asked him over the last few years. Why is he one of them now? Why is there a noose on set? Why is he writing a book calling for another Nuremberg? Why is he releasing a movie about demonic possession? Why have you changed, Steve? Well, let's count the reasons. Steve, what happened to you? Well, remember when they totally made up rape accusations against a Supreme Court nominee? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they totally made up a Russian P-tape and Russian collusion? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they lied and said one of the biggest tax cuts in American history was actually a tax increase? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when the southern border became an open sea for human traffickers and drug cartels and like they never cared or denied it? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they tried to make a slimy grifter, a lawyer, a national thing, and he's in prison now? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they lied? about Hunter Biden's laptop to the point over 50 former intelligence operatives claimed it was a foreign op and they knew it was true all along. Steve, what happened to you? Remember the mostly peaceful riots of 2020? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they suddenly pretended Sweden didn't exist after demanding for decades we become more like them? Steve, what happened to you? Remember 15 days to flatten the curve and 30 days to slow the spread? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they called it don't say gay and the word gay wasn't even in the legislation? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they told you you wouldn't spread the virus walking one way down the aisles at massive big box stores, but you'd absolutely spread it at a small business so you were non-essential. Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they banned you from every major social media platform unless you parroted the fable of the virus came naturally from bats that nest 900 kilometers from the nearest Wuhan wet market when Wuhan has multiple biological labs? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they took hydroxychloroquine that had been FDA approved for decades and ivermectin, which won a Nobel Prize in 2015 and called them dangerous and horse pace during a deadly pandemic? pandemic with no alternative protocol for six months. Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they offered up a protocol and tried to kill all treatments of a respiratory virus until they came up with a failed drug with a black box warning that doesn't work but does cause your kidneys to stop working too? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they cared more about protecting Ukraine's borders and airspace than our own? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they funded, promoted, and protected manufacturers of that toxic experimental treatment that doesn't work but then also demanded that you risk taking it into your body to get it to work? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when we were lectured by multimillionaire celebrities and athletes about racism as 10,000 small businesses were permanently lost and inflation reached record highs. Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they nominated a woman for the Supreme Court who couldn't answer what a woman was? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they planted creeper drag pedos in public libraries to drag their hairy nutsacks across our kids' face and then twerk for them? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they sold your farmland to China, let China corner the market on medicine production and many other valuable goods but claimed you were a domestic terrorist? for holding your school board accountable. Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they blacked out windows and or boarded them up as they counted votes for days after the election until they magically 
and barely kept getting the numbers they needed to win, but you were a conspiracy theorist for questioning that. Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they tried to start a nuclear war with Russia over a country most Americans can't find on a map? That is a large contingent of population that wants to be Russian simply because they launder much of their grift through it. Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they promoted a walking VAERS report to the U.S. Senate with even worse motor function than Joe Biden, while also denying the latter has dementia as they promoted him for president of the United States? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they denied 90 years of research in science as well as ongoing real-time data that said cloth masks don't stop respiratory viruses but made it the ultimate symbol of compliance to the state anyway? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they knew in advance how toxic their jabs were and put it in writing but then tried to make it that you couldn't see that documentation for 75 years? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when it was a conspiracy theory that the toxic spike protein doesn't stay in your arm as they claimed? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when nobody got criminally prosecuted for ordering the mass murdering of people in nursing homes? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when you had to buy an electric car you can't afford and can't charge and can't use as much? But they got to fly private whenever they wanted to. Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they used agitprop like Greta Thunberg to supposedly save the environment, but then she somehow never managed to protest in China, the worst polluter in the world by far? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they told you it was fine to leave your home during a deadly pandemic to riot or have a gay orgy, but everybody had to stay home because they'd spread the virus? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they went from safe, legal, and rare to shout your abortion and even kill the live babies who managed to somehow survive? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when love is love meant bake the cake bigot in like 10 minutes, just as we warned, but you denied? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when the dude who finished in 462nd place against other dudes swimming suddenly decided he was a woman and won two national championships, and that was called science? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they turned the schools into central hubs for distributors of pedo groomer porn? Steve, what happened to you? Remember when they just totally ignored died suddenly? Remember when vitamin D deficiency was the number one marker for severe COVID infections? but they told you to stay inside all spring and summer instead. That's why there's a noose on set, and that's what happened while we were away. That's how we got here. That's, that's, well, that's how I ended up here. I got into this business thinking that (laughs) naively, can you, you've, you coined the phrase invincible ignorance. Can you be naively arrogant? Can that happen? Those two things typically are in contrast. Okay. For sure. But I was, my naive arrogance was that I had maybe a level of unique giftedness in this area that I could get an objective hearing in the broader culture if I would fairly adjudicate equitably my belief system rather than permitting it to be tarnished and uh, retconned into a partisan um, cudgel, right? That, that's, that was kind of my working thesis when I got into this originally. Yeah, you're Harvey Dent. You thought we could be decent men. In, in a decent, decent time. In, in, in decent time, yes. Um, and now I, um, uh, uh, I openly talk about demonic influences on my show on a daily basis, fuse that into my own, um, you know, analysis of the day's events. We've talked, we've used phrases like the spirit of the age, demonic, you cold got your civil war. Tramp stamp, which you know I yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's, in the end, I thought, I, thought it, I thought it was possible to be a white knight. And in the end, it became obvious that 
what we need to be in this day and age are dark nights. There's, there are lines we will not, there, a, a line or lines we won't cross, right? Because like for Batman, not to kill, because that makes me exactly like what I claim I'm against. Anything short of that line, though, anything short of that line, that crossing it is a defiance and a denial of my basic integrity as a human, as a believer. Anything short of that, though, and the gloves are off. Anything short of that. Anything short of that, and we go to the mattresses. That's not what I thought I was going to be doing and what I thought I would turn into when we started doing this. But the last few years of everything that Aaron just itemized, which is, we could, that could have gone on. That, that could have been longer. But that, that is essentially a summation of the last few years, which made it very clear that there can be no form of traditional justice in, in Gotham. That the, the, it's a forsaken land. And this is going to require a, uh, um, a different level of confrontation, we'll call it, Todd. Yeah, speaking of that naive arrogance, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think we were all, myself included, we were all a little bit like uh, Francis Fukuyama. We were at the end of history. E- even as Christians who should know better, we, we you call it, uh, you call it um, uh, your ugly American thing, but we, we, we really thought we had kind of put Western civilization on cruise control and individuals sure were sinners, but culturally speaking, look at these are the halcyon days. Who's Mm going to mess with this? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, now Steve wrote a book and has a movie coming out that you're going to get a first glimpse of today. Who would mess with this? Who wanted to mess with this more than anything he's ever messed with? We, we, we got soft. We got sloppy. We got comfortable and we had no right to be. And now we got to go to work. When we get, when we delve deeper into nefarious next hour, I've got, I've got stories to tell you of what you just, I'm going to itemize for the audience what you just described. And the cool thing is though, the cool thing is though that the spiritual warfare, when we hear things like that, we have a tendency to only see them one way. And God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Because while these things were going on with the film, the things that God did to make this film possible, the doors that were opened, um, and the opportunities that just made themselves available, um, way beyond what we had the resources to make happen on our own. I had, when I, when I started in this business, I, I, I've, I think I mentioned when they had the whole daily wire, Steven Crowder controversy that I'd never met Steven Crowder in person before, even though we worked together uh, at least for the same network since 2015, him and I did have a conversation once privately over DM on Twitter. He approached me. We were both actually going into independent distribution at the same time. And he wanted to know 
what I was looking at doing. He was talking to some other people that were looking at doing it at the same time. And it kind of the choice was planting a flag on an outlet like a YouTube or going through traditional distribution mechanisms. And while I thought that eventually we'd all be on outlets like that, I didn't think the public yet was ready to acquire our content via that distribution model. He did. Who ended up making the right choice there? Um, the other Steve, <laughs> he was right and I was wrong. All right. Uh, Cause he got into YouTube and everything before all the censorship began. And as it was becoming the second largest search engine in the world, right. And you saw him become one of the biggest names in our entire industry because he correctly to his credit, Stephen correctly calculated, um, you know, the right time to go ahead and get off the Titanic now and grab a lifeboat. And I thought we were still a ways before we were going to sink and not to do that. And so we went with more of a traditional distribution model instead. And the growth of, of this program, on top of the limitations I bring to the table because of my stubbornness in a lot of areas and unwillingness to play ball with people that uh, I don't think, I think we should actually strike out instead of play ball with. Um, it took, it was a much longer road to get to this path and destination we are at now with our show. But along the way there, you know, even though I made the wrong choice there, I should have done what Crowder did. Um, but I made the wrong choice there, even there. Um, people like Stu Epperson Jr., who's the son of the founder and chairman of Salem Broadcasting, the largest Christian media company on the continent. Just, I, I didn't know who Stu Epperson Jr. was. He just called me out of the blue one day, said, hey, we want to talk to you. I said, okay. I mean, so it has, it has it, the spiritual warfare doesn't just work one way. We often think of it that way. But, you know, the light is up here, guys. And then it is space bar, space bar, space bar. A whole lot of space bars. And then there's the darkness. I think that sometimes, and, and dude, I got so frustrated with everything hitting the fan right as we were about to go on the air here. I did something I don't typically do. I'm typically the suck it up and let's go guy. And I looked at you, Todd, and I'm like, I think I just want to go back home and go to, go to bed. Okay. And... You basically pimp, pimp uh, slap me in the spirit, of course, in the spirit, of course. All right. You know, and I needed to hear that. Okay. Because we often only look at these challenges when we, when we step into the breach, when we stand in the gap, the enemy isn't like, oh, that's adorable. Look at, look at those homo sapiens go. Aren't they just cute? Now I, now I know what our creator was thinking when he made these uh, things. They've got much more potential than I ever thought. Let's just stand back and see if they realize it. Is that how it goes? No. 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 Doesn't go like that at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, and, and I think that we sometimes forget that the darkness is formidable, but that we are representatives and ambassadors of the most formidable force in the cosmos. And we look at times, even me, I'm like, I'm going to go back home and go to bed. I got whiny. What in those moments though, if, if we just manage in faith to persevere and say, I have no idea how this is going to turn out and it might not even turn out well. I'm just not going to quit. 
God is almost never early, but he is never late. And he looks for moments like these to show up and to make things happen. Because in the end, then, who gets the credit for it? He does. So I hope that that is some encouragement to you. I know the book calls for tribunals and executions, but it it is written to be encouraging, to encourage you to confront. But then there are solutions. There are positive solutions as well. These and and these aren't things that are not achievable. That 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 are like some super strategy that couldn't happen. We can do these things with conviction and persistence and perseverance. We can do those things. When it came to the making of nefarious, the, there was there were there were several occasions I didn't think we were going to get the the movie made. I was convinced my company had lost millions of dollars. But then, as it says in the scriptures a lot, but God. So I hope that despite the serious subject matter that we talk about on this show daily, and we will be discussing here today, I hope we begin by encouraging you. Naomi Wolf is going to join us. She has been an absolute warrior for the last couple of years. Stay tuned. Uh, 2022 was the worst year for the stock market since the downturn and recession of 2008. Uh, Now we're looking at the consumer price index. I saw today it has gone up about 16% in the last two years. Is that bad? Inflation actually increased higher than was expected and forecasted in January. So the so-called relief that we're supposed to be getting on that front hasn't yet materialized. Eggs have gone up. Maybe maybe the best pure food in terms of overall nutritional value. Maybe the best pure food God ever made are eggs. And the cost of them have gone up 60%. They're maybe the most expensive than they've ever been in human society. So what does 2023 hold when you really want to put all your eggs in one basket? Don't. Get a hold of our friends over at Bullion Max. All right? They can help you diversify your portfolio with the... Silver starter kit that they'll offer to you at employee pricing. They can't make it any more inexpensive than that. That includes the solid one source silver American Eagle, one of the more popular silver products that are out there and more. It's the best way to get started with diversifying your portfolio and finding out why rich, wise, prosperous people through the centuries have used precious metals and rare commodities as a cudgel, as a hedge against government debasement schemes. When you go to bullionmax.com slash Steve today, that is bullionmax.com slash Steve. We're going to probably just have to reschedule her, Aaron. I mean, looking at the time and everything else. Wouldn't you know it? I just got Skype reinstalled. Did you? Yeah. Okay. So there, we got technical issues on Naomi's N2. <laughs> You can only laugh at this point. Todd's over here literally doing pro sprints trying to make uh, this happen today. So. I think we have her. Do we have her? All right. Yes. Hi. I apologize. No, it's not you, Naomi. Believe me. We have had. Well, 
we have had a day here. So it, we're just glad that we were right. able to connect with you at all. So, Dr. Naomi Wolf, thank you for rejoining the Steve Day Show. And, and again, from the beginning, you have been an absolute warrior uh, during this last three-year ordeal. So before we get started with the conversation, I just wanted to make sure uh, to note that for the audience and thank you uh, for what you, have de- what you have done, man, to stand in the gap for the last few years. Thank you very much. That's really kind of you. Well, you too have been an absolute warrior, so that's, that's two of us <laughs> exhausted warriors, but I appreciate that very much. I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. We wanted to bring you on, Naomi, because uh, just a couple of weeks ago, you announced a partnering effort with Steve Bannon over at the War Room. And whenever I, by the way, you should know, whenever I'm on other shows and I talk about how the last few years have created maybe the most unique coalition in American history, my go-to example to quantify that is always Naomi Wolf and Steve Bannon, okay, working together, right? That's always my go-to. Uh, but you guys have, uh, you guys are volunteer combining forces to publish an ebook on your Daily Clout website uh, with the Pfizer documents. Tell us more about that, please. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's actually published. Um, It's a miracle. And it's also really an historic document, if I may say. And uh, you can get it at dailycloud.io, but also on Kindle, on Amazon, where it's been in the top 10 or 20 since the minute it was published. And what this is, is um, 50 reports uh, written for the ordinary reader um, by 3,500 experts uh, who came together, at, you know, when I put out the call on Mr. Bannon's show, um, to, to who have, have uh, joined together from around the world to read and explain and interpret the Pfizer documents for absolutely anyone. And what these are, many people may not yet know, many people already do know, um, a court order subsequent to a lawsuit by lawyer Aaron Siri uh, led to the court forcing um, the FDA to release 55,000 documents a month um, that they had received from Pfizer about Pfizer's internal trials regarding the mRNA injection. And um, that the FDA so much didn't want to do this that it asked the court to, uh, to, to withhold the documents for 75 years in other words, until after we're all gone, but the court said no and compelled the release of these documents. So the documents, you know, I was worried as a journalist that they, they would be too voluminous and also too technical for people to understand the importance and it would all be memory hold. But these amazing volunteers who range from RNs and physicians to biostatisticians, medical fraud investigators, lab clinicians, research scientists, biological scientists, um, you know, pathologists, cardiologists, professors of, you know, cardiology, uh, people, you know, experts from across medical and technical fields, medical and scientific fields, have united. And Amy Kelly, this amazing um, formerly project director, now our COO, uh, has, in ways that I can't even understand managerially, organized these 3,500 experts into six teams and they've produced these reports. And the reason you should care and everyone should run out and download them, buy them on Amazon and read them and send them to your loved ones. And we are actually having a paperback book in about two weeks um, that you can drop on the desk of your doctor or send to your elected official. Um, these do document, unfortunately, what what was hidden in the Pfizer documents, the greatest crime against humanity hmm. ever. And, and that is a conservative statement. Wow. Let's, let's get a couple disclaimers out of the way right away. Just to make sure we're being as fair 
as we possibly can be and probably more fair than they actually deserve. Is there any benign, innocent explanation, pardon pardon me, for why they wouldn't want this information out there? None whatsoever. So then that leads to the other question I have, pardon me. Did they, is there, is there any possibility that they didn't know in advance what the dangers were they were about to unleash upon us before they unleashed them? So you're asking exactly the right question, Steve. Um, you know, of the shocking headlines that our volunteers have found, of the shocking um, uh, truth documented in these reports, the number one is that they, they knew within a month by November of 2020, that the vaccines did not work to stop COVID. Um, The third most common side effect of the injection in the Pfizer documents is COVID. And by one month after the post-marketing rollout, when already the spokespeople were saying, you know, line up, get get injected, get injected, um, and this massive PR campaign was being unleashed across the country, 2020, right? Um, they knew that there was what they called uh, vaccine failure and failure of efficacy. So they knew it it didn't work. Um, But that's the least of it. Uh, You know, at that point, an ethical FDA doing its job or an ethical organization would say, you know what, these these don't work back to the drawing board. Let's recall them. But that's not the worst of it. The worst is that they knew things like um, within three months that they needed to hire 2,400 full-time staffers to deal with the flood of reports of adverse Mm. events that they had already received and that they knew they would continue to receive. They knew by May of 2021 that 35 minors' hearts were damaged a a week after injection, and they didn't didn't stop, and, and the FDA knew, and they didn't stop, and in fact, that the next four months saw a huge push to vaccinate teenagers. And it wasn't until August of 2021 that the government issued a low-key advisory about a heightened risk of myocarditis, calling it extremely rare. Hmm. Um, but they knew they'd injured 35 kids, and, and myocarditis you know, leads to death uh, in many cases or, or just a debility for the rest of your life in, in, in most cases. Um, they knew that 61 people died of stroke. Uh, and half of the stroke adverse events were within 48 hours. They knew that five people sustained liver damage, and again, half of the liver damage events were within 48 hours. They knew that the um, lipid nanoparticles uh, and the spike protein, they said and swore, and the spokespeople swore that it stays in the injection site. It doesn't. They knew, and we've got a blistering report about this by Dr. Robert Chandler, very respected um, sports physician treated the Angels and the Lakers, uh, one of our key uh, experts. Their own documents show that it leaves the injection site within 48 hours. It distributes, biodistributes to every organ in the body, accumulating in the brain, wow. the spleen, the adrenals, and if you're female, the ovaries. And what's really scary, what's all scary, he describes this as like the lipid nanoparticles are like a gunshot. You know, or like, mm. or like um, a shotgun, I should say, a uh, blast in the sense that they go everywhere. Um, but what you do see is that, you know, this chart goes up to the right for 48 hours um, of bioaccumulation. And then you've got to understand that with the next injection, and you start with two, 
more of this material accumulates in these organs. And we haven't seen any mechanism whereby it leaves the body, right? They were saying, oh, you know, it gets digested, it gets excreted, you know, oh, the body takes care of it, the body gets rid of it. No evidence of that. So, you know, I'll skip ahead a little, but you know that I was deplatformed 14 months ago for warning that there were early reports of women having menstrual problems mm-hmm. subsequently. Mm-hmm. And I hacked and smeared globally, and it turns out this was in coordination between Twitter and the CDC and the White House. Leaving that aside, Pfizer knew that this was happening to women, and they knew that they were packing women's ovaries with lipid nanoparticles, um, which uh, it cause inflammation and lead to menstrual dysregulation as well as fertility problems. And lipid nanoparticles are an industrial fat. They're designed to cross every membrane in the human body. And in this case, they're covered with polyethylene glycol, which is a petroleum byproduct, right? So they knew they were damaging women's fertility. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip ahead of, of many other horrors, but I want to get to what is, to me, kind of the key thing, the key, it appears to be the key reason for this mass mass injection campaign. There's no way to read these experiments as anything but highly intentional and, and really the goal of what Pfizer was doing. But in the Pfizer documents, there's a 360-degree attack on human reproduction. And they, they knew it, like it's experiment after experiment, showing that the lipid nanoparticles traverse the placenta and, um, and, and weaken the placenta. And in fact, we're having many reports of, you know, spontaneous abortions, miscarriages, a 13 to 20 percent drop in live births around the world. And this this shows why, because the placenta develops calcifications um, and, and structural weakness from the lipid nanoparticles traversing them. Um, they, the lipid nanoparticles degrade the testes of not just men, but boys and little baby boys in utero. Um, so that they're also degrading the Sertoli cells and Leydig cells, which is how little boys turn into men, right, into adult, you know, fun- mm-hmm. sexually functioning mm-hmm. men later in life. Um, so we don't even know if the babies of vaccinated women, if the baby boys are going to be able to to reproduce successfully. Um, we know that, um, and, and Pfizer knew that the lipid nanoparticles and the mRNA uh, uh, degrade the uh, sperm count and sperm motility. But again, going back to women, um, you know, Pfizer has this horrific chart of like 30 different horrible things that happened to the menses of the women that, you know, that they were studying um, from two periods a month to bleeding every day, all day, always to no periods all, meaning, of course, you can't get pregnant, um, to, you know, the onset of menarche for 10-year-old girls after getting injected to postmenopausal women, you know, bleeding, you know, clotting, like I don't even want to describe, hemorrhaging. All of this is in the Pfizer documents. They knew. And they also knew that the lipid nanoparticles and the polyethylene glycol um, goes into breast milk and poisons breast milk of lactating vaccinated women with newborn babies. And so they knew that um, the breast milk of vaccinated women, four of them turned blue-green. The breast milk turned blue-green in the Pfizer documents and one baby. And the babies were going into convulsions, um, having agitation, sleeplessness. Uh, One poor baby um, had convulsions and died in the ER of multi-organ system failure from nursing the milk of a vaccinated the vaccinated mom with this petroleum product in it. And we're seeing this across the board. Um, and I'll just go back to, you know, this baby die-off we're seeing around the world. 
there's one horrific section in the Pfizer documents where, um, well, this is chilling. Pfizer defines exposure to the vaccine as including skin contact, inhalation, and sexual intercourse. And specifically, they warn vaccinated men, and I'm really sorry if you're a vaccinated man out there listening, but I think it's better to know. Um, they warned the vaccinated men in their study not to have intercourse with childbearing age women, and if they do, to use two reliable forms of contraception. Um, and they define exposure as um, sexual intercourse, especially at the moment of conception. Hmm. None, they excluded <clears throat> pregnant women from trials. Nonetheless, 270 women got pregnant. Instead of following them to the conclusion of their pregnancy, which is what you're supposed to do legally, they um, lost the records of 234 of these pregnant women. Of the 36 whose records they followed to the end, over 80% of them lost their babies. Oh, my gosh. We are, we are down to one minute left. I want to make sure, Naomi, give out how people can get this information into their hands themselves before we run out of time, please. Yes, please go, because we're being totally suppressed by legacy media. Please go to Amazon and look up War Room Daily Clout Pfizer Documents Research Analysis, and please order it. Give it to your loved ones. We really need to get the word out urgently. It's making a difference, but we do need people to share this hand-to-hand. And you can also go to our website, dailyclout.io, and download a PDF um, and you know, either way, whichever way you prefer to read. And in two weeks, we'll have a paperback, which will also be on Amazon. We will do our best to help you guys get the word out. That's incredible work that you and that team that you described has done. <clears throat> really a service to humanity kind of stuff. I don't want to understate it at all. So, Naomi, thank you so much and uh, appreciate you and what you have done here the last few years. Please keep doing it. I appreciate you very much. We're, we're, we're fighting the good fight, but it does take all of us. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Take Amen. Care. Thank you. Thank you. Todd, every time I think contemplate calls for Nuremberg-like trials and Nuremberg-like punishments, <clears throat> are we sure it's not an embellishment? Are we sure it's not a reckless rhetorical flourish? Once and for all, after that last 10-minute incredible monologue by Naomi Wolf, I am 10,000% metaphysically certain. It we, doesn't go too far. We talk about death of the West. That's death of civilization yeah, stuff right there. That's Soylent Green as people kind of stuff is yes. what that is. That's a depopulation scheme is what that is. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Totters and Aaron McIntyre. And all of you, don't forget... What we announced at the top of the show, we are releasing our long-awaited new book, Daniel Horowitz and I, our first collaboration, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial So This Never Happens Again, releases today. Get it at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon.com. We are likely going to end up, based on how well we did with pre-orders, we're likely going to end up selling more than enough copies this week to typically make the New York Times bestseller list with a new hardcover release. So wouldn't it be fascinating to make those demonic fiends have to type that in to the page layout of the New York Times? (laughs) I might take more satisfaction, actually, if they don't. 
Win win. Um, yeah, we. I, to me, it's a W either way. Either they have to do it, or they choose not to, and we get an opportunity to expose that just the same. But it's the most important book I've ever done, been a part of, probably will ever get a chance to be a part of. Um, and it, I mean, the, the power of the stories of the testimonies in this book will move you. They will enrage you. They will wreck you and they will motivate you. This cannot ever happen again. It can't ever happen again. Previous generations promised us this would never happen again. And it did. What you just heard from Dr. Naomi Wolf that she was just itemizing at the end of the last hour is a quantification of the testimonies of the suffering that has been caused to the people that will testify to you or witnessed by the people that will testify to you in this book. So you can get your copy now today. And if you help us with the promotion of the book with the hashtag Nuremberg 2, hashtag Nuremberg 2 is where you want to go on Facebook or Twitter. If you've got the most clever or impressive way to help us promote Rise of the Fourth Reich on hashtag Nuremberg and the number two, Nuremberg two, between now and the end of this week. And we pick your effort. Then Post Hill Press, the publisher of the book, is going to let you be my special guest for the premiere of the film Nefarious later this spring. You'll join me at the premiere later this spring for Nefarious. If you've got the most creative or impressive way to help us promote Rise of the Fourth Reich, utilizing hashtag Nuremberg2 on Facebook and Twitter, we're going to pick five finalists. Ashley, my princess, is going to pick five finalists. Anastasia, who's here with us now. Good to see you, princess. Good to see you too, Dad. You are going to pick... Thanks for putting that on me. I yes, appreciate that. All the pressure's on you. And then you're going to pick five. Uh, the five that you found the most original or the best or liked, what have, what have you. And then Daniel and I will pick out of your five finalists. We'll pick that winner. And that winner will join us in a location yet to be disclosed for the premiere of Nefarious later this spring. And when will that premiere be? Well, it's going to be before April 14th, because that's when Nefarious will hit theaters nationwide later this year. So we're going to have much more on Nefarious coming up here later in this hour. You don't want to miss it, including you're going to get the first look. You're going to be the first mass audience on planet Earth to get the first look at Nefarious, both the trailer and the poster coming up here in just a few minutes. But Good to be visited again this week by Anastasia. And I have to tell you, Princess, after the day we have had and we are currently having, we could use sort of your buoyant uh, charm and perspective on the show today. How are you? Good. Happy Valentine's Day. Indeed. Yes, it's yes, it's a. Very happy Valentine's Day, indeed. What are we doing this week? So, honestly, originally I thought I was going to like blindside you guys and be like wife quiz, but now I'm like, now I'm happy I didn't do that, especially with the morning that all of you guys have had, because now I'm like, the last thing you guys need are angry wives to come home to. Or right? no more TikTok degenerates, please. No, not doing that again. No this more week? TikToks. No. Okay, thank you. Because I could feel I could feel the passion in your voice last week when you said, "Please don't bring that again." Yes, in at a least boss not. and dad way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't do that. Yeah, uh, spoken like someone that lived with me for 18 plus <laughs> yeah. years. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I just thought, especially since like you guys have so much going on today and you guys are so busy, I just brought some um, Valentine's Day poems for you guys from your listeners and a couple of friends from the show. 
Why do I feel like Todd? We're being set up here. No, I I swear because we are being set up here. No, I I really do swear. I swear okay. it's just supposed to be fun and nice. Okay. I even drew little hearts on them too. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's go. All right. So. By the way, how's my Valentine's Day shirt? Do you like it? I didn't even know it was supposed to be for Valentine's Day. Yeah. There you go. I'll take that. Did you guys see the sudden pause where she was like? And then realized, and then her brain hurt because she's got my quick wit. The brain was like, don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. And then she moved. I didn't even realize it was Valentine's Day. Did you guys pick up on that? Might yes. I refer you to the page in the dude code that says you never talk about your Valentine's Day shirt? Yes. Yeah, that's true. When You wore your prettiest clothes. You oh, set it God. out just last night in anticipation for this morning to wear for did, Valentine's Day. Did your brother Day. tell you what he thought, what he said to me when he saw this shirt? No, what did he say? He goes, is it dress up like Matt Walsh Day? <laughs> that's what he said. I thought that... Polo was a stain, remember? Yes. Earlier today, I just like not, came up to you and I was like, they're, they're not used to me wearing something that we didn't buy at Walmart. <laughs> so that's essentially what she is saying. But any or or the M Den. If it didn't, if it wasn't bought at M Den or Walmart, the kids are like, who died? Who's getting married? What are we doing here? Pretty much, yeah, right? Yeah. I think that's fair. All right, go ahead. Okay. So to the day's crew from Uber underscore Parrot says, "Roses are red. Don't eat yellow. You know the thing. Happy Schnorr. Signed Joe Biden." <laughs> okay, I get it now. The the mumbling at the end. That's actually pretty good. Thank I you. like that one. That's a good start. I think that's a great That's start. a great start. I like it. Okay. Okay, this one is specifically to Todd. So this is to Todd from Shaney Rebecca. She says, roses are red, violets are black. Thanks for being the OG anti-vax and go mm. Razorbacks. Nice. Double you get rhyme. a double one. You got a double rhyme there. Very good. Okay, yeah. Okay, this is also to all of you from Erica. Roses are red, violets are blue. My love is higher than a Chinese balloon. <laughs> See, there you go. That's good. I thought that was clever. That's pretty high. It's at least, what, 20,000 feet in the air, right? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. it will never get shot down. Yes, octagonal balloons. Yes. Okay, to the day's crew from F- Fleabag's Design. Says, roses are red, Arizona is blue. When you count the ballots, you can win too. That's, there it is. <laughs> Got some game today. That's, Got some game. That's a sonnet. I The minute I saw that's that, That's a like, sonnet that's for this show there. right there, yes. Okay, <laughs> this is specifically, um, I put this specifically for you. Okay. So to you from Matthew Kinsley. He says, roses are red, violets are blue. Hold on, is... Dudes writing other dudes' poems, is that a dude code violation? We're going to find out. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Start again. My bad. All right. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Lindsey Graham's jeans, G-E-N-E-S, are thinking about you. Oh. I had to I make it. that specifically I was, I was actually going to say, this is going to be a Lindsey Graham reference, isn't it? Yes. There was other Lindsey Graham ones that I thought that I don't feel comfortable reading that as your daughter on the show But, here. but you want them, who, the ones who sent them in you to know you thought they were funny. Yes. But you just thought, I'm not reading that to my dad. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Smart play. Thank you. Yes. Just because awkward things. Your dad, while speaking into, about himself in the third person, Bob Dole style, uh, would also be very uncomfortable hearing you read them to me. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. <clears throat> to the day screw from Tim Young. Oh, the comedian. Tim buddy. Writes, okay. All right. Bleep. <laughs> Bleep. Yeah, can, Bleep. Is this one you can read. <laughs> yes, and yes is it, it is. Should it be on a blue sheet, maybe? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Tim says, roses are red, violets are blue. Elon Omar married her brother and really hates the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everything that we went through today was totally worth it to be here and to live hear that. That was totally worth it. And now it makes sense. During the break, 
My, uh, Anna looks at me out of nowhere, like a minute before we're coming back on the air. She's like, who is that? What's your, you what, what, you know, what's, what's her name? They got kicked off at every committee. Ilan something. I was like, Ilan Omar. And I thought that's just a weird, <laughs> random question to ask. Now I know. See, there you go. Yeah. There you go. And leave it to Tim. Whatever, however low the bar was, he brought it down even lower. And we love and dig that about him. So well done, Tim. Thank you. Okay, these last two are from also another friend of the show, Sarah Gonzalez. Oh, our colleague. Okay. So these last two are from her. She says, roses are red, violets are blue. I loved Nefarious and you will too. Oh, yeah. Sarah got to see the film over the weekend and texted me. She was like, holy buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody expects what's coming. It was not what I expected at all. All right. So anyway, go ahead. Sorry. And then this last one is also from Sarah. Roses are red. So is your heart. If you took the jab, it may need a jump start. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see what would along those lines, what Jesse Kelly said to somebody on Twitter last night? I don't think so. They were saying, you know what? You're not really as much of a jerk as you, as you claim. You got a big heart. He goes, no, I don't. I didn't take the jab. I'm unvaccinated. <laughs> that is, th- those were good. Yeah. See, and a, I and a welcome departure from blue-haired, demonically, literally demonically possessed, troubled souls TikToks videos two weeks in a row. All right, we got to make a rule. Like we can only go to the 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 lowest common denominator of demonically possessed people on TikTok. At least like only like once a quarter, maybe. Is that fair? Is that fair? You guys think? Yeah. You want it even, you want even more of a, you're thinking like once and never again. That's kind of what you're thinking probably, right? I just, I think it might be unavoidable in a zombie apocalypse kind of way. So I don't, I don't know if our limiting principles are even relevant. True. I mean, frankly. when the government finally shuts down TikTok, they'll just all migrate over to my, well, um, you know, uh, to Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Well, I thought I'd be nice. Today's Valentine's Day. Thursday's my birthday. So it this is. is an exciting week. So I it was is like, a, it's a big I'll week. I'll be paused, especially after this morning, because I thought at the last second I was just going to flip Damn. and do something like crazy. Like, then you saw the look on my face about when Valentine's I wa- Day. You saw the look on my face you, when I walked in this morning. I heard you from the front desk. Now I'm mad. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, I gotta switch this up. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't do what I was playing. I can't switch it. I gotta switch back to what the original. That is the same look you had on your face when you were a little girl. If you were about to get caught doing something, her eyes would get all big. <laughs> wasn't me. Wasn't me. No. And then she would look at her brother and sister, and that's how the, the Statue, Statue of Liberty, Liberty came to be. Yes. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you, Princess. Happy Valentine's Bye, Day. Bye, Dad. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile, which has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy. They have big news for you now. If, First of all, you, if you don't want to give your money directly to people who hate you, do you want to give it to Patriot Mobile instead? Great. But now there's even more of a reason to do so. Uh, because they can now give you access to every one of the three major networks in the country. And those three networks pretty much cover the entire country. And maybe you're in a pocket of the country where one network just has some blank spaces, some empty slots that you can't afford. You need better coverage there. Another network can provide it for you. They'll help you make that switch over at Patriot Mobile right now with the best networks nationwide across the country. And they'll help you make the switch as seamlessly as possible with their 100% U.S.-based customer service team to make switching easy. 
All right, just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. And when you do that and use the offer code Steve, get a free activation. Again, at patriotmobile.com slash Steve or 878-PATRIOT. Boy, did I need that. That was a welcome respite from what has been... And and really, let's be let's keep this all in perspective. These are first world problems, right? It's just we have a pretty seamless low maintenance operation around here. So when there is like literally any issue at all, let alone nine all at once, it, it, we're giving it all she's got. Exactly, we're, it's like we're literally Todd went out back to look for dilithium crystals. I mean that that is what we were we were. You guys should have. If, if I wish we had a camera in the back, it's it's 2023. To see what Todd and Aaron had to figure out to get Naomi Wolf on the phone. It's not 1923. <laughs> right. What's the cable, Ma, that they'd be laying in the ground? What, what, what are them towers, Ma? All right. It's not 1923. It is 2023. And it was literally um, a Biden White House Chinese fire drill. Just trying to get Naomi Wolf on the phone here uh, about a half hour ago. So thank you guys for both both of you for doing that. And the, the amount of information that she managed to impart to our audience was absolutely incredible. Go on Amazon and look for uh, that Kindle version um, of, of what she mentioned, the Pfizer files. It's it's incredible. It's criminal. It's indictable. What did she say that she thinks it might be the worst crime against humanity in human history? It's incredible. So um, thank you guys for making that happen. And thank you to Naomi and, and Steve Bannon and that entire team of people that they have put together to go through all of those documents here for the last few months. Okay. This has been a day long waited for. Hopefully a day long remembered. It has been a long, arduous journey to get to this point. It is Clearly, by the events of this morning, (laughs) not over yet, but we are just about to the finish line. They've brought the tape out. All right. We're like Ainsley Erzin, Secretariat, dust in the field. We've got our arms up like 20 yards before the finish line, ready to break the tape. And, you know, that's when the enemy is going to start like throwing stuff in our path to trip us up. Yep. Okay. But it has been one of the most rewarding, trying, frustrating experiences on a professional level I've had in my career, uh, being a part of the massive effort to take a book that had modest sales. I mean, guys, we sold more pre-sales of Rise of the Fourth Reich, pre-sales, before the book was was ever out, than we sold like the first three years Nefarious Plot was out combined. And this little modestly successful book developed a bit of a cult small C following and caught the eye of a man named Glenn Beck, who called me up one day to have me on his show before we even knew each other, before the merger of our companies, CRTV and The Blaze, wanting to talk about it. That conversation caught the ear of the production team that had helped to bring God's Not Dead to the screen, was in the process of taking Abby Johnson's incredible whistleblower memoir unplanned about what she witnessed at Planned Parenthood and translating that to the screen and on the lookout for what might be their next project. 
and they thought that God was calling them to make it this. Figuring out how do you take a book that is a 240 some odd page polemic of a demon basically dunking on you um, through every chapter, page and syllable and how to translate that into a film is not an easy task. So the movie you will see when it is released nationwide in theaters, and I'll tell you more about that here in a moment, when it is released nationwide in theaters on Friday, April the 14th, is the prequel to the book like the book alludes to maybe one day if we ever sell the movie rights, um, how we will do that uh, and translate this into a film is to tell the true origin of this demonic manuscript. Where did it come from? That is the film that you will see when it is released nationwide on April the 14th. I have long been wanting to show you more of this movie. And it has just been an incredible task to get us to this point, but we are almost at the finish line. The team at Believe Entertainment has done incredible work. I'm extremely proud of the final product. We have heard n- really no one has ha- that has seen it yet uh, has had a bad thing to say about it. It is not what you expect, but you have been expecting for a long time to finally get a chance to see what this is all about. And now, for the first time, you will. Here is the planetary debut of the trailer for Nefarious. Do you think I'm evil? Evil isn't a clinical diagnosis. I'd like to ask about why you brought me here today. Do you believe in demonic possession? No. Well, you won't believe anything we're about to tell you. And give me something to make me believe you. Okay. Let me inhabit you. He got in your head, didn't he? He claims he's a demon. He's a master manipulator. By the time he's done with you, you have your head so twisted around you think you're the killer. there it is if you want to see it again you want to share it the website for the film has launched go to whoisnefarious.com that is whoisnefarious.com once again whoisnefarious.com and now you'll get a chance to see the poster for the film Speak of the devil, and there is nefarious. If you're listening on podcast, you are. This is definitely the day you're going to want to go watch this on Rumble or slash days So let's put a pause in it right here, and gentlemen, ask you, what do you think? Uh, I'm just thrilled to be a part of this day. It's, um, listen, the, 
we got our little uh, fellowship of the ring here. And these challenges that have come here today, I think, are uh, part of God's permissive will. This is Book of Job stuff. The devil's clearly at play. Didn't have to be that way. Uh, but I think God is asking all of us. When I say all of us, it's not just the three people in this room. I, I, are, are, you, are you prepared? Well, Sean Connery, what are you prepared to do? Because this, this movie uh, is a spiritual tome. Uh, it's asking you what you believe, Dr. Jones. And I'm using all, the, all these great movie lines. There's tons of them in this movie. And they're about the most important <clears throat> things that matter to living on this mortal coil. And whether we get, where we get to live after that. And so, not not because it's about a box office receipt. So many people need to see this movie to shake them, believers and unbelievers alike, to shake them out of the slog that they've been in that allowed all of us to turn <clears throat> this nation into thing that it has become a transgendered, unrecognizable only only thing that still res uh, the borders uh, on the map certainly not whether somebody can come and go please as they please uh, it's it's irrecognizable and if we have any time left on the clock to turn that around I believe that this movie can help if all of us do our part to tell somebody about it, to watch it ourselves, even if it makes us uncomfortable. Uh, I've seen it, I don't know, a handful of times now, and it doesn't, I, 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 I can't come off of that wall. It, it, um, I think this is uh, potentially life-changing for Steve, but the, when I, I'm coming full circle, well, God's permissive will here is saying, life-changing means life-changing. Life-changing means all of it. Not just the parts you're willing to give me. All of it. Who wants to go for a ride? Aaron. This, as we've discussed before, this movie, no matter, no matter if you are regenerate or unregenerate, will force you to ask questions. And not only just ask questions, but provide answers. It leaves you no escape. Even if you, even if you walk out of the movie, even if you have loved ones or friends who are so pissed off because they see what's, they see what this movie does and they see how subversive it is to their own stated or unstated belief system. That's a verdict as well. That's a verdict as well. I don't think you can ask for more. I don't think you can ask for more from a piece of, of art, which is what filmmaking is. I don't think you can ask for more than that. That it will so move people, even believers, I, I believe, even believers, it will force them to answer the question. And you'll know what that question is. 
You'll know what that question is. It can be asked a few different ways. I don't want to give it away, but it will force an answer. And depending on where you're at spiritually, it's a different question. And Exactly. One way or another, it forces an answer. And the answer to that question will, will rock some people. Will rock some people. Whether or not the answer to that question for them is, I'm so pissed, I'm walking out of the theater. So... I think you kind of get the, the, the tenor of what is at stake, both thematically, plot-wise, from the trailer. And um, I cannot wait to hear what people have to say when they've been able to watch this once or twice uh, when it comes out in theaters on, on April 14th. I mentioned earlier the challenges of making this film. Uh, both of our directors are post-60. They got COVID pneumonia, Delta variant in Oklahoma as we were just gearing up to begin principal photography on the film. Those of you that know and follow this show know your odds once you went into the hospital for that level of inflammation as a result of COVID-19, the odds you were coming out, not high. And as you start getting into your 50s and 60s, the odds get lower. And they managed to get out, both of them. And it took weeks and weeks and weeks for them to get better and strong enough to film the movie and we were wondering, would that even be possible? And at that period of time, you just want to make sure they're okay before you even get into the making of the film. We, some of you will remember, we faced a strike, uh, an attempt to use our film to form a union in a right to work state. And we still haven't fully adjudicated that. The Biden administration is still trying to mess with us where that's concerned. I think the legal bills on that has cost me a hundred grand so far. Um, but, uh, you know, Thankfully, one of our listeners is a guy named Ryan Walters, who's now the superintendent of Oklahoma schools. He just won that election in November, and he has just taken names right now for the, on the spirit of the age, just taking names, making it squeal. Luckily, um, I was able to connect with him, and he was, to get, he was able to get us a hold of the governor, Governor Stitt, his chief of staff, the attorney general, members, key members of the legislature, so that we could hold them off long enough that they could not get an injunction to shut our movie down. And we could even get this movie made, even get this movie shot. Um, I mean, we had members that uh, people with names you would know who were interested in, in being in this movie that tried to bargain with us about watering down the script. Um, uh, I mean, it's just and then there's all kinds of other things that have gone on. Like today, we have days like today. We Folks, we had a situation where our filmmakers and a buddy of theirs who's a priest and actually a certified exorcist. And so they would they were they were having mass every day before they went to the set to basically pray over, bless the movie. One morning they get up, they're all staying in an Airbnb together in Oklahoma. They get up, there's a massive commotion. A squirrel has broken into the home. And so, you know, these are guys, right? They left their, some pizza out last night. So they're thinking there's a massive mess, food and everything. Nope. Squirrel went into one room in the home. It was the room where the altar for the mass was held, desecrated, uh, desecrated the altar, defecated on it, urinated on it, destroyed several of the relics and incense that they had, and then just ran out of the home. That was, that was literally the only thing that the squirrel did in the entire house was desecrate that altar. I mean, we were planning out this week, the making of documentary for the DVD. Yeah, there's going to be some stuff in there. But God has been incredibly good to us to get us to this point, too, including we had someone um, who has essentially been the patron saint of this film. 
and is going to be the reason why. Uh, the other reason, the, the major reason is how good the film is. If the film wasn't that good, he would not have put his thumb on the scale for us like he did for The Passion. But the film is that good. Didn't say it was as good as The Passion. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's, it was good enough for him to put his thumb on the scale. And he's the reason why right now we're looking at at least 1,200 theaters across the country are going to be showing this movie on April the 14th. Maybe upwards of 1,500 to 2,000. So this is where now you come in. And you guys can help us make have this movie make its maximum impact. I'll tell you more about that. And I'll give you another look at the trailer, just in case you missed some of it the first time, when we return. Go. All right, don't forget, if you want to win an opportunity to be my guest at the premiere of Nefarious... Location and date to be announced soon. Um, go to hashtag Nuremberg 2. Hashtag Nuremberg, N-U-R-E-M, B as in boy, E-R-G. Nuremberg and the number 2. Nuremberg 2. Hashtag Nuremberg 2. Whoever does the best, most clever, impressive job of helping us promote our new book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial So This Never Happens Again. Whoever does the best job here, by the end of this week, we will select one winner. Uh, at hashtag Nuremberg2 on Twitter and Facebook. One winner from one of those platforms. And that winner, courtesy of Post Hill Press, the publisher of Rise of the Fourth Reich, will join us and me as my special guest at the premiere for Nefarious. In case you missed it, or after such a long wait to get here, you want to see it again. Here once again is the trailer for Nefarious. I'm evil. Evil isn't a clinical diagnosis. I'd like to ask about why you brought me here today. Do you believe in demonic possession? No. Well, you won't believe anything we're about to tell you. And give me something to make me believe you. Okay. Let me inhabit you. You got in your head, didn't you? master manipulator. By the time he's done with you, you have your head so twisted around you think you're the killer. Before you leave here today, you will have committed three murders. Why would I do that? My name is Nefarianus. Names are important. They have power. And let everyone know who we are. Nefarious.com is the website you want to go to, you want to share, you want to direct people to. Uh, the trailer is embedded there. Whoisnefarious.com is the website again. Whoisnefarious.com. The film releases April the 14th. Now, this is where you guys come in and we need your help. You may have noticed at the beginning of that trailer that the Motion Picture Association gave us an R rating. There are no F bombs. I think Helen Dam is said once or twice. Maybe Bastard is said once. There's no blood. No blood. You won't see any blood in the film. 
no nudity. So why did we get an R rating? You know, same reason they gave Unplanned an R rating. Same reason they gave the Passion one. Although you could, you could make a case that during some of the excruciating torture scenes in that film, maybe it earned it. On the other hand, if you're trying to reach a broad horror audience, as we are with this film, an R rating, a street cred. So they did us a favor. They did us a solid where that is concerned. But they made it more difficult for a lot of people like you and our audience to feel comfortable seeing the film. The trailer, understand, the trailer is meant for you to show your unbelieving friends and family members. This is not your typical faith-based film by any stretch. But it is one, just not in the traditional sense. It's just a really good film that just so happens to present our belief system in a way that just you don't see a lot in our culture today, including even sadly at our churches. For decades, what Hollywood has done has made very compelling entertainment that drew us in uh, with appealing to our senses, um, with riveting stories, characters we emotionally connected to. And half our brain knew that what was happening here was anathema to our worldview, but the other half was entertained and was willing to see it through and even take our hard-earned money and, and donate it to that end to help them in their agenda. Well, Jesus said the children of men are smarter than the children of light. And that's what we're trying to do with Nefarious. If you watch that trailer and you thought, oh boy, I'm not sure that is the kind of movie I would typically see. I promise you when you see the movie, you will be very pleased with how it turned out. But just as I was able to, in the book to use Nefarious to communicate things to a culture in a very blunt format that maybe from a lighter perspective they wouldn't tolerate or wouldn't want to hear, but because it comes from the darkness, as does the culture, they were willing to listen, that methodology is used in this movie as well this is the movie you've been you've been waiting who can i take my unbelieving friends and family members to see this movie and and it's not cringy or even i'm like oh boy none of that they'll get it they'll get its message it'll be done in in the sort of way that they're accustomed to seeing good storytelling this is the movie you've been waiting for this is the movie you've been wanting for this is the movie that will scare the hell into them into them and it's going to entertain the hell out of you at the exact same time nefarious will go there nefarious will say to them the things that you have long wanted to say but thought i just don't think they'll listen to me they'll listen to him because he's one of theirs and maybe by hearing what he has to say you can maybe help them break free of that bondage we are going to tee it up for you We will soften them up for you so that after it's over, you take them out to coffee, you take them out to pizza, dinner, ice cream, and now suddenly the table is set for the conversation that you have long wanted to have with them and the culture has long needed to have. You have not seen a movie like this before. I mentioned last segment, one of the main reasons we're here is through a relationship, I had an opportunity to show this movie to one of the most important people in this industry, who is a spirit-filled Christian. And it's been rare that he has seen us produce entertainment that was worthy of him putting his thumb on the scale to assist. He did it for the passion. 
In fact, when I showed it to him privately, he mentioned to me, you're almost sitting about where Mel Gibson was when he showed me the passion. And he had just quit smoking and he was jittery the entire time. (laughs) All right. When it was done, when it was over, he said, there's no way that that movie looks and sounds way beyond its budget. That's incredible. I've never seen a movie like this before. He compared it to Silence of the Lambs. He said Sean Patrick Flannery's performance of Nefarious was on par with Anthony Hopkins. And he said that he thought Anthony Hopkins was the greatest actor that ever lived in his view. He called it a, quote, dark masterpiece. He emailed me, emailed me the next day. I'm still thinking about this movie. Understand, this guy has seen probably thousands of movies. I want to share with you a couple of the reactions in my inbox from people you may know. Anna was on here earlier, mentioned Sarah Gonzalez, our colleague, her reaction, how she was just blown away by the film. Viva Fry, if you listen to his podcast with Robert Barnes, I was on it last year when we launched pre-sales for uh, Rise of the Fourth Reich. He had a chance to watch it recently. He DM'd me last night to tell me he thought the movie reminded him of Seven. He thought it was that good. Megan Basham of The Daily Wire. She's their movie critic there. She used to be the movie critic for World Magazine. Here's what she DM'd me last night. Steve, it is fantastic. I'm sitting here in tears right now, and I never cry in movies. As my, in, in, in my time as a film critic at World Magazine, I was notoriously hard on movies made by our people because they almost always sucked. Every once in a while, you'd get a good one and be so grateful and relieved that you didn't have to knock it. This is way beyond any of those. It is extremely well done. I've, now that I've seen the movie, when do I get to talk about it? When we screened it for management here at The Blaze, our colleague Chad Prather came to that. And I mean, he jumped on Twitter right afterwards and said, I mean, this movie needs mass distribution. Well, Chad... It was literally from your lips to God's ears. We are going to be in at least 1,200 theaters nationwide on April the 14th. If you want to make sure we are in yours, or you want to add yours to the list, we would urge you to respectfully, politely, now that it is officially cataloged as releasing on April the 14th, it'll show up in all of their paperwork. We would urge you to go to the theater in your area and kindly, respectfully, professionally, Request that they make this movie available to you when it's released nationwide on April the 14th. This is a chance for us to have a modern day screw tape letters. It, it's a film that, that pierces the spiritual veil. Nefarious is going to take you to church. Just not in the way you are accustomed, but that's what the book does as well. So those of you that are devotees of the book, the nefarious of the book is what you will get in this film. If you yet don't have a copy of the book, by the way, we are going to re-release the book here in the next few weeks with a new cover that that is the poster to the film. The poster to the film will be the new cover for a nefarious plot, the book, here in the next few weeks if you want to get a copy of that too. But... There's no way this movie won't impact you. No matter where you are spiritually, it will provoke you. No matter where you are, 
irreligious, complacent, backslidden, cynical, fired up, but wondering where do I take and channel this energy? Hopeless. No matter where you are on a spiritual path right now, this movie will provoke you to make a choice. Nefarious will provoke you to make a choice. No one walks out of this movie unprompted and unprovoked. Nobody does. As I said a few minutes ago, the intention of this film is to scare the hell into the country and entertain the hell out of you in the process. So go to whoisnefarious.com, sign up for updates. We'll have lists of theater locations and times, all three of the major movie theater networks, AMC, Regal, and Cinemark. All three of them have already agreed to distribute the film. It is very rare for us to get a film from our worldview with this kind of distribution without a major studio. And by God's grace, we have been able to do it so that we didn't have to compromise anything. We didn't have to put anything in there objectionable that they would ask. We didn't have to water anything down that they would demand. We didn't compromise anything. We wanted to show we wouldn't have to compromise at all and could still tell one hella story. And I am confident when you see this film on April the 14th, you will agree with that. And so will the people that even don't share our belief system. They'll at least agree that was some kind of a movie. Whoisnefarious.com is where you want to go. Because sometimes the lost are willing to accept the truth from the unlikeliest of places. Whoisnefarious.com. Again, whoisnefarious.com. Help us. See, they, they, they slap the R rating on it trying to stop us from getting people like you to come to this movie. That's why they did it. Did you see what they said was an R rating? Um, uh, some violent imagery. You ever seen an R rating for just that? In a movie that has no blood, no guts? No. So they're, they're hoping that the church doesn't come to this movie. And it's a failure. We need your help to make sure that does not happen. Because for us to market it to the culture that needs to hear the message, it needs a trailer that looks like that. And not like typically what you see when our people release trailers. It needs to look and sound like the kind of storytelling, tone and temperament they are accustomed to. But please take my word when I say this. If you've never had, if you've never taken my word on anything before, take it on this. The story that we tell is the story you want us to tell, I promise you. We told the story you want. Just in a package that the culture has not seen, at least not in a long, long time. Whoisnefarious.com. Gentlemen, your final thoughts. Uh, couldn't be more dramatic of a shift from what we were talking about an hour or two yesterday to what we've been talking. And it shift in approach, contrast and approach to what we were talking about an hour or two yesterday versus what we've talked about an hour or two today. And... Um, I think one is going to be very effective, and I think the other is not. I'll just put it that way. The opportunities uh, in in this life uh, to have a, a stage like this, 
where we can be moved by art at the deepest possible individual and uh, corporate uh, civilizational level is rare. Uh, but here we are. You know, it. They were. Ta- I saw something yesterday about 1994, Steve, on Twitter, and the 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 movies that were out all at the same week. Mm-hmm. Like if you went to a theater. And these are classics. I mean, it was like a Jurassic Park, Shawshank, uh, Forrest Gump was wow. in there. Like, oh, like, and, then, and, I, and I think there were three. Um, and I, you, we, there's memories there. There's scenes. There's di- that, that that captivate us. But you know, they they only go so deep, and that's all they're meant to do. Um, you can't possibly plumb the depths of the individual or civil civilization more than this movie attempts to do it, it's it, it, that's the when steve says it goes there it's like it and that's my point it it every part of you not just the parts you want to give every part of you are demanded of by this movie uh and what what else can you do in the name of uh, the one who gave you uh, life and the blessings of liberty, mm. other than to say, here I am, I can do no other. And that's what this movie does. I think Linda, who just emailed me, sums it up perfectly. On top of what you guys just said. That trailer scares me. But the thought of lost friends not seeing this movie scares me there it is. more. Yeah. That's it. Right there. What we're up against is scary. Let us not pretend otherwise what is scarier is not confronting it what is scarier is subjecting and sentencing the people around us we care about and don't even know for that matter sentencing them to it leaving them to it that's even scarier so that is extremely well said Linda in South Carolina thank you very much who is nefarious.com Again, that's the website, whoisnefarious.com. We're launched, John 317.